Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. This is Joseph Robertson with Coffee Lovers Magazine. I am your host along with Jesse Nelson. Today, we jump into the beginning of a series of short podcasts exploring the complexity of coffee. This is a subject with much depth, and we want it to be light and engaging. So we are splitting things up into a number of different shows, and we'll likely revisit and explore side topics in the future. We started recording this series a couple months ago. If you recall our previous New Year's show, we spoke of some of the challenges on the production of this podcast. Our apologies for the delay in this complexity series, but now we can begin. Hello and welcome to the show. Joseph here with Jesse. We're at Conduit. Um, kind of ran into this uh, an article floating around, floating around on the Wall Street Journal. Yes. Um, so they did, as things float around as on the things internet. float around on the internet. Um, so I ran into this uh, article in Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. about um, well, the title was "Is Coffee More Complex Than Wine?" Oh, I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just mm-hmm. a couple days ago. Yeah, that's right. So whatever, end of October. Yes, end of October, and. Um, it was a good article. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a, nice it's to a, have that attention. It's a great article. Yeah, and and it's a so the the guy who wrote it, they he actually went to um, Starbucks. I should probably have this information in front of me, but basically he he got you know two professionals together who yep. are very familiar with wine and coffee, and they talked about the complexities of each. And yeah, yep. in the lab at Starbucks and talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go into that article necessarily today, but I thought we could explore the you know. The idea of complexity in coffee. I think it gets associated or, or connected to wine a lot just because just because wine is I mean wine is this complex kind of sort of beverage and people describe flavors in it, right. yada yada. They do that in coffee as well. And beer. And the language that they use in wine and coffee is very similar. Right. Um I mean, I guess it would, probably, it would certainly probably help our conversation if I was as familiar with wine as I am with coffee. Well, I but think, co- I mean, I have so many opinions about this. Yeah. I, wine is very complex. It's, it's been brewed for a long time in cultures that have been keeping very good records and have preserved those records. Mm-hmm. And so we've been able to experiment. We know a lot more. We have, you know, several centuries of really advanced winemaking that we can pull from. So we know a lot about that. And coffee is one of those areas that are it's just kind of in the last couple of decades really being discovered by the population. So the only framework we have to talk about tasting in this kind of capacity is with wine. That's true. Um, That's true. I never thought about it that way. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot with scotches and all those kind of things, but those aren't nearly as accessible as wine. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, wine is, is that it's that metaphor that most people have. And so when they hear people talking about fruit notes and things like that, I mean those are those are words that are very familiar to them with wine and, and coffee often for for people new to the specialty coffee, you know, they've never even thought about those kind of flavors being in there. They haven't experienced those flavors. Hmm. Um, I'm wondering I, so whenever I whenever I describe the tasting of coffee to someone I, I always say, uh, look, obviously, well, those those flavors specifically, like strawberry, there's no strawberry in the coffee. You're tasting the coffee, and then you're connecting your taste with the previous memory. Yeah. I mean, there are chemicals yeah. in the coffee that's 
making those connections. Mm -hmm. You know, so the same chemical that's in strawberries that gives us the idea of what strawberries taste like is the same chemical that would be in coffee. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's parallels in there, and it's just like there's ways to pair wine. You know, there's there's families. Um, there's a great book, and I'm not going to be able to remember the author. It's called um, Taste Buds and Molecules, and it's sort of a cookbook, but it's based around more metaphors of what things connect. Um, mm -hmm. It's one of those books that needs to have coffee in a bigger capacity in there. Um, I think there has been. I'm jumping around here, but um, as far as because we're talking we're talking about the complexity of coffee taste. I guess if we narrow in on that right. versus complexity of wine taste. Like not looking at the whole broad spectrum, there have been uh, studies, and I can I'll try to link this in the show notes, that uh, coffee has like a ridiculous amount more potential flavors right. than wine does. So that's. Um, can I interrupt you and just preface all the listeners that this is going to be a long series? Yeah, we're going to do multiples here. And we need to really focus. I think because there's so much that's misunderstood and just misinformation about coffee and what mm -hmm. makes it complex. Um, so we're, we're going to dive into green because it's so right this, here. Yeah. Green coffee. So what I love about coffee is the complexity. I mean, that's really the most interesting part of all of it is that you can never you can never quite get your finger entirely on the complexity. You can taste it and you can taste what's everything is led up to that particular cup of coffee. And there's a lot of you know complexity. You can think about the layers, but it's so hard to even recreate that. Mm -hmm. And then every single coffee is different. Um, I think what a lot of people are sort of familiar with but don't quite understand the the relationship to the the cup in their hand is green coffee. People know the burlap sacks. They know, you know, that it's shipped over here. It's the second largest uh, by volume, second largest commodity traded in the world behind oil. Um, like you said, it has more phenol acid compounds and more flavor compounds than everything in it than wine. Uh, they tend to be on a little bit narrower and a little bit more, you know, nuance of a spectrum. Hmm. Than wine, um, would you would you say that depends on how the coffee's processed? Well, and that's what they're starting to, to discover. I believe is we're going to start seeing a wider variety of flavors coming out of coffee mm -hmm. uh, because they're starting to work on the processing. You know, wine. The grapes are grown. There's a lot of agronomy um, and all the sciences that go into the wine grapes. There's the climate and the terroir and all those in, those those elements that impact what that grape does. Mm -hmm. Then it's processed and fermented and put into bottles, and then it's let to rest, um, and that's where you get a lot of complexity. Uh, coffee, they have the same agriculture, you know, same style sort of agriculture. A lot of terroir and the soils and all those things make a big difference um, in the coffee growing and the cherries, and then they process the cherries, and that's where the, the pit's inside there that is the coffee seed. Um, and how you process that cherry, how you get the fruit off of those pits. It is a pit because it's a droop fruit. It is a droop fruit. <laughs> droop fruit. Droop. Everybody wants a droop fruit. Droop. So how droop. you process that, <laughs> it's the cherry off the seed is what gives a lot of flavors. There's the natural process to a wash process, like mm -hmm. using water or dry fermentation and every little piece in between. You know, culturally, historically, it comes from kind of what's available, but now you see a lot of people experimenting and, with this. And then, of course, yeah, deep into those different methods as well, how it's naturally processed, how it's was processed, exactly. combinations of those times. Right, and then you have the varieties of coffee. You have the elevations, you have the farms, you have the soils, um, you have the harvest season, you know, you have how the age of the coffee. Um, all that stuff makes a huge difference in 
the green beans that are coming out, right? So that's kind of where it's on par with wine because it's going through that process almost at the farm, at the mill, and then it comes. But it comes to the roasters in these big sacks, and then we have this cooking process, right? So we have the most complex food that we consume going through totally elaborate and very intensive agriculture process that lands in the roaster's lap, and we have all these machines that then roast the coffee uh, you know, heat, water evaporation, all that good stuff that goes into the roasting process. And then it's brewed in certain ways. And so you have the dynamic of water solubility and all this stuff coming out of the roasting process into espresso versus pour over, you know. Uh, and that, that that opens up a whole another mind-blowing right. level of complexity just because you can create a completely different cup with right. the same coffee. right. Like and a dozen different ways. This conversation makes my head explode because this is exactly <laughs> what I love about coffee. Yeah. Uh-huh. So green coffee, uh, Joseph, you want to, I'm going to open this up for you. This is a fairly fresh bag. This is an El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have you kind of get your nose down in here and just smell this green. These are green beans that you hear. Oh, yeah. All right. What are we smelling? Drew fruit? Yep. I always get, um, I often get like a banana type yeah. smell on green beans. There's kind of banana. I mean, there's the obvious like alfalfa kind of dried grass smell. I think that that's, mm. you know, as I get into this more, mm-hmm. I forget that that smell. I'm able to kind of block it out. Um, I get like like uh, mint and chocolate chips on this. Um, some yeah, banana. I, could, I could see mint. <laughs> This, you know, this banana like the, bread comes up a lot on on coffees. The same thing isn't happening to me now. Like when, so when I'm tasting like a brewed coffee, and I taste something, yeah, I can taste. Um, let's see, where this this happened today. I, I I commented that the smell of a roasted coffee was like kind of meaty, and then and then Francis turned to me and said, "Did you say mead?" And I paused for a second and I was like, "You know, I can smell honey on that." <laughs> now right. that you mention it, right. and you're going mint, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I do now smell mint." It's kind of, it's got that kind of minty, it's the freshness tingle in my nose that mint. Yeah, like spearmint yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah, menthol a little bit in there. Fascinating. You know, so that's, that's one. And completely different from, like, in, in many respects from what this obviously would smell like roasted. Right, and when we do this, this, this coffee is like deep chocolate. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is that dark chocolate that's our base in our espresso. This is, this is what we love. But it gives some of that, that nice yeah. banana bread. But then step on over here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Right. Like mangoes. Oh my goodness. It's just it's so intense. It's just so pungent. I mean, there's so sweet and fruity and you smell that fermentation. You smell yeah. it's almost like strawberries, but it's more like like when you walk by a farm stand that has a lot of old fruit, like older mm, like day old yeah. like that mm-hmm. that morning's fruit that's been sitting out all day and kind of the apples are sort of getting sweet in the sunshine like yeah. Yeah, totally. Jeez. You know, it's one of those coffees that evokes the, the Jack Handy of, of just long walks on the beach of just <laughs> naming all these things. Um, so this, by the way, that I'm smelling right now, this beautiful coffee. So gorgeous. This is the Costa Rica. Costa Rica. It's not, not much left. <laughs> so the difference in these two coffees, I mean, they're, they're not that far from each other. El Salvador, Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Completely different climate, completely different processing, totally different experience, totally different clientele. You know, people the different that wanted. There's blending. There's different marketing schemes and everything that goes with yeah. all these coffees. Like you and I are experimenting with this online structure of how to sell this coffee and 
I guess it's more than experiment at this point, but you know, we're selling yeah. this coffee and yeah. pushing it, you know, in kind of this marketing approach that gets to your readership and the yeah. listeners and stuff like that. It's very different. Whereas that visual. El Salvador, it's a lovely coffee. I mean, it's so good that we use it in our blend and it's all over the place, but it, it's not a flavor that necessarily sorry lends itself as he's spilling coffee. Yes, yeah, so I wasted listeners. six beans. Just add that to your bill. Okay. So, and this just goes down the line. I mean, even in our little roastery here, a little tiny condo of coffee, we have El Salvador, we have, you know, of course, the Yemen and the Costa Rica, two different Brazils, two different, three different Guatemalas, I see Sumatra, Mexico Papua there. New Guinea, Mexico. Um, Where, where's, where's your new gold? Can we talk about that? Oh, yeah. Can we smell that? Yep. Can we smell the gold? I forgot you were looking for that, and I was snickering to myself, but I wasn't <laughs> going to tell you where it is. I mean, I, oh, oh. What? We don't know what it is, though. Okay, we don't know what this is. So this is something new. I can't. We can't mention exactly what it is. Um, um, we might by the time the show comes up, I guess. Well, that's okay. We'll we'll save that surprise for later. Ooh. Hello. All right, here we go. Like there's that vanilla banana bread, yeah, just sweet baked sugar. Goodness, banana bread is like perfect for this, right? Now I want some banana bread. I know. I just sit here and hug this bag and keep my <laughs> nose in it. it. Sort of just reminds me that there's a reason why we're working this hard for such a simple little droop fruit. You know, I mean, yeah. it's such an enticing flavor and so much amazing, you know, complexity in there that we can that we can bring out of these beans with just some very careful and scientific agriculture and then just a lot of love and, and doing it small and, and doing it well. Mm -hmm. That's what's amazing about coffee, you know, and, and I think that it's similar to wine, but we're yet to even experience a renaissance of coffee and what we can do. Um, yeah, I, I mean, certainly <laughs> things like this with, with the, the improvements in processing and focus on, on production at the farm have only really come about in the last... Well, I think it really only started about 10 years ago. And well, the first, I mean, first rounds of it really took right. like five years to well, take so place. I, so it's really only been the last five years that... Well, I had this conversation with our, our one of our producers that we work with in Guatemala because they have geisha coming up for the first time. And it's a big deal. And he's, we're excited about it. Um, he's like, yeah, but everybody's going to have geisha next season. It's going to be the deal because everybody fell in love with geisha when it became available to him in Guatemala, you know, seven mm -hmm. years ago. And so now they all buy their plants, they all tend to those <laughs> trees. Coffee takes a while, you know, five or seven years to really get productive. So now we're going to see a flood of geishas coming when it was all the rage seven years ago. Fascinating. And all that's going to start coming up. And so these producers are trying to anticipate what's happening. And so what we're seeing now in the science of what, you know, we kind of want in the specialty coffee with that gorgeous stuff coming out of Costa Rica with the polished beans are super clean. You know, we're now want to make some changes to that, so it's going to take five to seven years for this stuff to get going. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the, you know, the density of this knowledge is getting there, but we're still limited by the speed of you know, how fast yeah. coffee grows. Yeah, it takes um, a while. Which makes it be so really we're, exciting. We're, we're, this, is, this is the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, it's like the birth of what specialty coffee really is going to be. It's happening right now. I kind of think so. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, I think the food movement's always going to go in this direction a little bit. Um, coffee, you know, we're not always going to have this amazing coffee. I think people are going to recognize that, and it's going to become a pretty coveted 
Well, I think also you're going to have groups like the folks in California who are pushing the boundaries of our, you know, original beliefs that you could only grow coffee within a certain region. Right. They're far north of that. Right. Well, everything's changing too. Successfully growing their coffee. The climate's certainly changing. I think that, um, yeah, as as we improve the quality and complexity at the farm level, that's going to pass on to uh, yep. the farm level, the mill level, how you process it, you know, so, how it's transported. It's amazing. Uh, fantastic. So I think next week we'll kind of maybe take one of these coffees uh, and compare it green to to the roast, and maybe talk about the roasting as well. Yeah, that'll be on the next show. Yeah. And then after that, we'll go on the next step, and it'll be all about the brewing. Yeah. And, and that we should definitely, if people have any questions or areas of complexity or tidbits they want to add to it or things they've heard, um, like, please this don't will be a fun little series for that. Please don't sniff in front of the microphone anymore. Yeah. So we'll see you okay. next week. Yeah. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. You have been listening to Coffee Lovers Radio. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Support the producers. Check out Coffee Lovers Magazine at coffeeloversmag.com. Download our app and get our latest issue today. Also, get yourself some fantastic coffee from Conduit Coffee at conduitcoffee.com. Next week on the show, we continue our series on coffee complexity, talking about what it takes to bring the delicate green coffee to roast. (laughs) 